WKLYT. This is ABQ Connect. There's still time to join the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. Ready to spend time uh, with uh, Genevieve Genevieve Wood from the Heritage Foundation today. Uh, Genevieve, welcome into the broadcast. Thanks for joining us again. Great to be with you, Steve. We got a, a few things to cover. Uh, one of which is uh, a story about essentially the really the the weaponization of the DOJ uh, towards uh, conservatives, towards Christians. Um, what do you have to share today? Well, there, there's an interesting story, and your listeners have probably heard a little bit about it. But it's a story of Mark Houck, and this happened uh, last fall. He's a gentleman who, on a regular basis, uh, went. He lives in Pennsylvania. I uh, went to a local abortion clinic there and would pray outside of it, just and standing in the spaces where you're allowed to do that, uh, often said the rosary. And this particular morning, he had taken um, his, I think, 10 or 12-year-old son, so not a really young child, but, you know, one of his sons. And one of the ab- abortion, pro-abortion protesters was there and was telling his son, you know, your dad's not a good man. You all shouldn't be out here. He's hurting women. And of course, you can imagine somebody standing next to your child saying that about you. <laughs> and so Mark Halk asked the gentleman to please, you know, don't talk to my son. We're here doing what we can do. And, you know, we're not violating any problems here. And the guy came back and started talking to his son again and trying to kind of, you know, really get close to him. And Mark Halk came over and pushed the guy away from his son and said, I ask you to stay away from my son. He pushed the guy. The guy went to the ground. Whether he did that on purpose or not, I don't know. Well, um, actually, I, says he didn't. Looking, at, looking at the story, sorry, Genevieve. Um, yeah. Uh, in the video, he said, no, I didn't intend for him to go to the ground. You know, he went into dad mode. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, he's a decent sized guy. Maybe he pushed a little hard, but yeah, he said he, it, he, right. He didn't intend for him to go to the ground. He wasn't trying to get a fight going. He just wanted, you know, the guy to stay away from his son, which he'd already asked him to do. Long story short, this guy files a lawsuit, goes to local court. The local court says, you know, no go. This isn't, you know, there wasn't really a problem here. Uh, then they go to the next level state, no go. But then they, the attorneys for this gentleman, uh, I th- which I think they, you know, who knows who was all involved on the other side, but I think they felt, look, we got a pro-lifer here. Let's make an example of them and kept taking it up the court to basically uh, took it to a, U- a U.S. federal court. Uh, Mr. Houck had an attorney. They were going, you know, doing all the things you have to do to get ready for court date. But before court date happens, the FBI shows up at his home at like 6 a.m. in the morning and does a raid, the kind of scary stuff you see on TV where there's 15, 20 of these folks outside your front door banging on it and demanding you come out. And of course, you know, you can imagine it terrorizes. I think he has seven children uh, under the ages of, of 12, I think, years old, and they have no idea what's going on. They arrest him right there, taking him into to jail, holding for eight or nine hours. And again, the long story short is that they claimed that he had violated, you know, uh, the law, that he had attacked a pro-abortion activist. And really, we're going to take him to the cleaners. I mean, if, if they had convicted him in court, he could have served 10 to 11 years in prison. Uh, and I think it's like a $300,000 or $350,000 fine. His attorneys, they, they, they ended up saying trying to do a plea deal, not his attorneys, but the FBI, I think, because they realized they didn't really have a case. Uh, they were wanting to intimidate him. 
But he's like, you know what? No, we're going to go to court because we're right. And I would encourage people. We, the Daily Signal did a an interview with him, with his family. It's about 11 or 12 minutes long. It walks through the whole process. But it just talks throughout about just how their faith really sustained them throughout this. He felt a great peace that we're doing the right thing. You know, God put us in this place for such a time as this. And we're going to we're going to walk through it and we'll let the consequences be what they are. Uh, thankfully, the consequences were that he was basically you're, you're going to go free. There's no case here. And I think it's which is probably why the FBI tried to get a, a plea deal was they knew they didn't really have a case. But I'll, I'll tell you, Steve, this this was not just something to try to silence Mark Hawk, uh, who, you know, was praying outside of a pregnancy clinic uh, or a uh, abortion clinic in Pennsylvania somewhere. This became a national story. I think it was an attempt to say anybody who's standing outside of a pregnancy center, wherever you live, New Mexico, Illinois, Texas, wherever you are, you better know we're looking, we're watching you. And if we see you do anything we can prosecute you for, we're coming after you. Um, and I think what people ought to know about this story is that, you know, since Roe v. Wade last year, I'm, many people would saw when that case went down, there were attacks on crisis pregnancy centers around the country. The FBI has not prosecuted one of those. And there have been like 80 attacks. Hasn't prosecuted one of them. But they came after this man. And I think it was a, a, a sign to say, we're going to come after anybody we can because we want to silence you because we're not happy with what happened with Roe and we're going to do everything we can to overturn it again. So that I just it would encourage people to watch the story and share it because it's encouraging, but it's also uh, it's also scary because you can see that's our own government going after a U.S. citizen. Yeah, Genevieve, now uh, with a, a majority uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, do you uh, you know are, are there are there uh, feelings that uh, this weaponization is going to be challenged, uh, that it's going to change? Uh, what's happening? Well, I, I definitely think so. I mean, you're, you're seeing on the, you know, the Republicans have a very thin mar margin, but nonetheless, they have, they have a, a, a majority. And they are, they've set up an oversight committee, which is to look at things such as government agencies, the FBI, the DOJ, to ensure they're doing what they're supposed to do and not doing what they shouldn't be doing. And this is a perfect example of that. And there's a, another story that, that relates to, to this, Steve, which was the, the FBI put out a memo, which they've now rescinded once it came to light uh, in Virginia. This was in uh, Richmond. And we have a story on this, which basically they were following a memo that where they were using a list of groups put out by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which some of your listeners may be familiar with. They publish, the Southern Poverty Law Center publishes a list of hate groups uh, every year. And keep in mind, the SPLC is a far left group. It, for an example, one of the hate groups they've always put on there is like the Family Research Council, yeah. focus on the family. Yeah. These are groups they call hate groups. Well, now they, they, they put out a list saying that basically anybody, any group that uh, was a traditional Catholic group what they called radical traditional Catholic ideology, they better be watched because they may be inciting racial violence or violence against the LGBTQ community. I mean, that's scary stuff. That is really scary stuff. When you're saying basically, if you're really a traditional conservative Catholic or you're a member of any group that is like that, 
the government probably ought to be keeping a close eye on you because you're the kind of folks that might be inciting that kind of hatred. I mean, that's again, that's our own government. Now, the the FBI has rescinded that, but only because it got a whistleblower put it out there. Uh, Virginia Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin came out strongly against it because this happened in the Richmond Bureau. But again, that's the kind of stuff where you're saying, wow, our government is truly, in some places, being weaponized against against law-abiding citizens, people of faith, in this case, um, actually in the other case too, uh, you know, saying that we, we're trying to silence you. Yeah. So there's we, – we need Congress to do its job of oversight because otherwise these agencies can get out of control. You know, we don't vote on the head of the FBI. We don't vote on, you know, who leads the, the Department of Justice. Those are all appointed political positions in this case appointed by President Biden. Uh, and, you know, he could, he's not made comments on these cases. He may not have instructed them, but it's his people doing it. And, you know, that's why you need Congress overseeing those, because that's the only way you can make sure they're doing, like I said, what they should do and not doing what they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, well, and and in the way that you've encouraged our listeners to go and get the information, which, by the way, uh, go to dailysignal.com to look for stories like this. Also, uh, heritage.org has a great deal of resources uh, you can find. We're in the middle of a discussion uh, with Genevieve Wood from the Heritage Foundation. And Genevieve, one of the things I would say to the listener is, uh, in Mr. Houck's situation, uh, going through that story, I know uh, when he was detained, he was, you know, in a uh, interrogation room. I want to say for like six hours, handcuffed, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, and that was the part of the story where he said he he uh, dove into his faith, uh, was at uh, the foot of the cross, and found peace there. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, when when approached with uh, the plea deal, which clearly, like like you said, uh, the uh, government knew they didn't have a case, uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Hawk was potentially face, facing eleven years in prison. Uh, uh, he he, with the support of his wife, decided not to take the plea deal, knowing that there was nothing uh, on the books already, uh, you know, uh, to set a, a, a standard for a case like this. Uh, and they, you know, the courage they had to go through what they went through, and the thanks to that family for standing for life uh, and for standing for justice. Um, and uh, I, I think the message our listeners should have is one, be prepared. This is the landscape. Mm-hmm. This is possible. Um, now, it turns out Mr. How can I forget the group that represented him, but there was, you know, he got plenty of uh, legal uh, assistance in this case, uh, which, you know, God willing, that would happen with anyone uh, that's, that's, you know, falling under uh, this kind of persecution. Uh, but uh, also um, uh, a, a reminder that uh, people are watching and uh, they'll, you know, if if I'm assuming a lot of the people listening to our station are Christians, they'll know who we are by the way we act. So let's be ambassadors when we go out and do what we do. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, do not uh, grow weary in doing what is right. Uh, so uh, just some things. To consider. Oh, the other thing I wanted to throw out there for our listeners, and you mentioned it. You know, these uh, uh, the. Uh, Department of Justice positions, they're, they're appointed, where, 
how you know how can the listener have an impact? Well, like you said, there's oversight committees being formed, and they are run by our representatives who we need to communicate with uh, in multiple ways. When they're in office, communicate with their office. And when they're up for election, make it clear with your vote. Uh, and not to go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> you hope <laughs> you hope our vote uh, would communicate to them uh, what it is that we're looking for. Uh, so any more on that story? No, I just just to reemphasize what you said. Look, I, we're we are in a a, a culture war. I mean, we've always you know that that's not a new term, but I mean the reality is I think Christians are increasingly going to be called upon to take a stand. Yeah, whether it's in your workplace or somebody asks you to to say or to support or be behind something you don't agree with yeah. that compromises your faith, uh, whether it be standing outside of a pregnancy center and people trying to you know, get you to violate the law or, or trying to accuse you. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of those things. Yeah. And, and that's why I just encourage people to, to check out this this video of Mark and his family, because it really not only is encouraging how they stood, but just he talks so much about how much prayer and faith emboldened him. Yeah. That no matter what the outcome was going to be, he's like, I had peace on the inside. Yep. Uh, and so I just, you know, people... You know, prepare now. You don't wait till you're yeah. in the lines then to go, let me get some faith here. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we need to be thinking about in advance. Yeah, and and this is maybe more a personal message for me. You know, uh, righteous indignation is one thing, but you don't need to be loud, obnoxious, and mean to be right. Uh, That's right. Uh, so, uh, so like like. Uh, like Genevieve just said, be prepared, have, you know, and the Bible tells us to, uh, to be prepared and, and have an answer for the faith that's in us. Uh, so uh, there, there, there's a good place to put a bow on that conversation. The one other thing I did want to talk about, uh, I was watching uh, economic news this morning and Bank of America preparing for layoffs. Not huge. I think they were talking about 200 nationwide or something like that. But, but that being, a, and it was the people that uh, handle um, uh, investment type um, things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that being a sign of uh, the recession could be coming. Um, uh, I, uh, it, it's, it's important when we see the, as bad as the economics are right now in America, uh, and the border crisis being something that regularly is making headlines to consider what kind of economic impact, um, uh, illegal immigration has on all of us in America. And, and let me uh, post-preface say, <laughs> uh, by saying, uh, look, Grandpa was from Sweden. I mean, my family was, you know, most, uh, most all of us are from immigrants. Uh, but um, you know, my family came over through Ellis Island, went through the process they're supposed to go through, and became American citizens. Um, so illegal immigration, it's okay to say what it is and the impact it's having. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I think, and also remembering too, Steve, that it, you know, if we truly care also about Ill illegal immigrants, we should care about the humanitarian side of, of what's we happening should. as they come here, yes, you amen. know, in this current environment. Amen. Amen. So what kind of an uh, of a economic impact are, are we seeing uh, illegal immigration having um uh, I think that w there was a story on on uh, Daily Signal on this topic. 
Yeah, I mean, it, we, you know, basically, I think a lot of times people just think that, well, this is this is costing Texas a lot of money or California or Arizona or maybe New Mexico, all the border states and the like. But the reality is, is, you know, legal immigrants are not just coming and staying in Texas. Many of them are, but they're they're being dispersed through other parts of the country as well. Basically, every state, every congressional district and heritage did it, did a study on this now has illegal immigrants living in its community. And it's not that they're just living there. I mean, the cost associated with the healthcare they now get, the education when they put the children in schools, um, the the amount of now additional. I mean, any public service. In many cases, illegal immigrants are now getting the exact same thing that the citizens living there are. And we did a study looking at state by state. And for example, take a state like Illinois. One of the first ones that we use as an example. Illinois is on a border state. Kind of takes a while to get there. Right now in Illinois. Illegal immigration, folks going to that state, is costing the people of Illinois almost $4.6 billion a year, $4.6 billion. And you divide that out, that's like $930 per household in Illinois per year. Genevieve, the truth is, um, uh, at least the lower 48, (laughs) um, spoken from a a true former Alaskan, um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the lower 48 there's not a state there that now isn't a border state. That's right. That's right. Because they're going everywhere and and they're going there everywhere. And in many cases, because they're, they're being, you know, bussed there, flown there, what have you by both the government and and some of these national or non-government entities like Catholic charities and others. But what ends up meaning is that every state becomes a burden. And there are a lot of states uh, where, you know, they don't have a lot of extra cash hanging around. And families, as we certainly know in this inflationary time, don't have a lot of extra dollars on the hand. Right. And it's not that people don't want to be, you know, helpful to That's folks, right. but you have to take care of your own first as well. And the idea that you're just allowing people to flood in and then you're being asked to also pay all these social services that they sign up for, get signed up for. I mean, that's one of the magnets of why people come here, yeah, right? And, they know if I get across that border, no matter where I end up, I'm going to get free health care, quote unquote, free, free education, uh, you know, free housing, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to get a lot of either free or supplemented, uh, you know, products and services. And so that's why many of them come. But we also have to keep in mind the, the fact that also coming over the border, not saying that all these folks are doing it. Many of these illegal immigrants are just coming because they want a better life. But you're because of the flood, we're not catching the bad guys. Yeah, our, our enemies catching, are. Know? Yeah, our enemies are just walking across the border, uh, and uh, it's it's absolutely something that needs to be uh, addressed. And and it goes back to what we said in in the first segment: uh, communication with your representatives. That's right. I mean, if you if you you know. It, People need to know that you think this is a problem. I mean, and again, it's. I think we remember it's not just an economic cost. Seventy-one thousand people died because of fentanyl overdoses in, in 2021. Seventy-one thousand Americans. Yeah, that came across our southern border, and it comes because we're not keeping a close eye, and that stuff's coming right in with all the good people. You know, just want a better life. I still think they should go through the right now, process. Was that, was Absolutely. That, was that in a single, but, a single year? That was a single year. Yeah, to put seventy-one thousand people, to and it's put, documented in the story that we have on it. To put that in perspective, fifty-five thousand soldiers died in Vietnam. So, no, oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and, and it's a story that again, I just think people, you know, you hear about the fentanyl crisis. 
Uh, increasingly, sadly, many people know of someone who's been affected, but it's it's not getting smaller. It's getting worse. And those drugs are coming across the southern border. Yeah. Well, Genevieve, always great information. We appreciate everything the Heritage Foundation does, which, by the way, I mentioned the website earlier, uh, but it is a nonprofit organization uh, that's uh, just providing information that's vital uh, to the American voter, to the Christian voter. Uh, and we encourage you to go to the website, heritage.org. You'll find information there. And also, dailysignal.com. There's a place there for you uh, to sign up for a daily email that uh, covers a lot of the stories that we'll talk about each week as we visit with Genevieve Wood. Genevieve, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to next week. Steve, same here. Thank you.